Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the aroundtable.ca podcast. I'm your host Phil. I'm also joined by my colleagues uh, Dino, Stephen, and Johnny. This is part two of our top 10 rock albums. Hope that you like it. We're going to continue where we left off last week. Philip, I made a mistake. You were right. We, we skipped over an album. So when you said number six and I said no, I apologize. You were correct. That's it. I'm flipping tables. I'm pissed. So take get a new a round table and go somewhere. <laughs> so apparently I can't read and uh, Hooked on Phonics has failed with me miserably. That's why. Um, that's what happens when you don't pass the third grade, bro. Uh, wow, you think I made it to the third grade? Um, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, you know. Well, yeah, I went. I went to the third grade four times, but I mean that's a different story altogether. It's, it's a minor detail. It's minor detail, you know. Uh, you know, when there was a test and it said put your name, I put Stephen, and I thought that was the test and walked away. You know. Um, the one that we missed was Fleetwood Mac rumors. Okay. Yeah. Um, anybody want to go first, or shall I go first? Or yeah, go for it. Okay. Fleetwood Mac Rumors, it was one of the biggest albums of the 70s. And um, for me, I played it religiously in my youth. Um, it was I didn't realize what it meant at the time until I started reading about it. And you just read it was about the band's internal struggles with, you know, Stevie Nicks and, and Lindsey Buckingham being a couple and breaking up and Stevie Nicks having an affair with Meek Fleetwood and... You know, the bassist being in love with Christine McVie and she left him. There was all these struggles and um, intimate problems that are put on there on this album for us to hear. It was their, their, their basically their lives over the course of making this album that's put to tape. And I think that's why it resonates to this day. Um, you know, you got songs like um, You Make Loving Fun where she, you know, Christine McVie tells her ex-husband about a new lover, how he makes loving fun. And uh, you can go your own way when Lindsey Buckingham tells Stevie Nicks that, you know, go your own way. I didn't, I took it as a simple pop song and I didn't realize the the depth and the magnitude to, to what they meant until, you know, as I got older. And uh, <clears throat> I'd say mature, but that probably hasn't happened yet either. But, um, you know, reading it and seeing songs like The Chain, how they're all linked together regardless of what happens good or bad the the album has a depth to it that reveals itself i think the more i played over the years the more it comes to me and i'm i'm realizing what an emotional testament this album is um and it should be on everybody's list um and also to say that everybody says stevie nicks is the star of the band I'm, I'm going to go against the grain and say that Lindsey Buckingham is an excellent producer, guitar player, and singer. I, I saw them with Dino, and I think Dino can attest that the guys sang the songs exactly how they sound on album, with the sound That's effects and everything. The guy is underrated, and um, he's the mastermind of the band, I think. And But Rumors is, I think, their testament, and it's another album that every year... I get some sort of deeper insight and meaning to the songs. And that's for me a sign of a great album that every year it shows me something new. Next. Deanster. Well, I don't have much to much more to, to add to Steve's uh, explanation. I mean, 
Rumors is a really good album, and like the other ones on this on our list, it aged fairly well. So you could listen to it today, and all that all that emotion that uh, Steve was talking about, it's still very relevant today. What people go through. So I mean, yeah, thumbs up for me, Mr. Johnny. Well, I got to say one thing. I remember Flea with Mac when when he was playing radio. It was nonstop. Like it wasn't only the rock station were playing uh, Fleetwood Mac. It was all it was all uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, it was even other stations were playing playing because they were very borderline. They they they're very international. They could you could play whatever you want to play with them. And the the vocal cords, the instrument was amazing. But then again, don't forget, here you have almost thirty songs in one CD. How can you go wrong with, with something like that? And it shows how talented they are, and it shows how great they were at creating amazing songs. Now, the, uh, look, seriously, you can't go wrong. You put it on play, and you just... For me, like, I, when I'm in my house, and I just want to chill out, flew with Mac, no problem. Philip. Yes, that is my name. Yeah, and you're next. Um, I was a... Uh... I guess a lead bloomer when listening to this album. I always heard of Fleetwood Mac and I always brushed it off. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, and maybe like 10, 15 years ago, you know why? I decided to actually sit down and listen to it. And I started with this album and I was actually, yeah, I had heard the go, you know, go your own way and don't stop and uh, here and there on Shom or whatever. Um, but it's one of those that, it's one of those albums that grew on me with the years. Um, you start listening to one or two songs, and then you start listening to the first five tracks, and then finally one day you listen to the whole album. The whole album really still holds well today. It, 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 you know, it's a great sounding album. So if you're looking for a rock album, it's it's a great album. But on top of that, the writing was really, uh, really good. And I think Stephen uh, did say, uh, say the point really, really well is that because of the strife between the teams and uh, between the, the 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 people in the band and the you know the the, the confrontations and the, the whatever was happening the tension within the band and i think because of that emotion it became it came out as authentic and it came out it actually came out on the album and in, in the lyrics and in the songs so i think um i think no one in this world would actually say that this does not deserve to be on a top 10 of any sort. Um, it's a really good album. It, uh, uh, in terms of a classic album, it, you know, it's, it's been, it came out, what, in 1970 something? 1977. 1977. So it's 40 years, actually, this year that it came out. Um, and you hear it on the radio as much as you did back then probably a little bit less but you still hear the songs on the radio so it's a testament to how great of an album this is and um i uh two two thumbs way up for for me for this album all right next next guns and roses we pick appetite for destruction any takers and who wants to go first Steve, uh, go first. Me? Yeah, you want? Yeah. All right, go for it. Um, you know what? For me, it's, I think, one of the last classic... Best or best. 
classic rock albums. Um, it's the last of it's a melange of Stones meets Aerosmith. It's dirty. It's raw. It's sexy. It's sassy. Um, you've got Welcome to the Jungle, It's So Easy, Night Train, Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City, My Michelle, Sweet Child of Mine, You're Crazy, um, that could be hit singles. And they, some of them were, some of them didn't, but they can play them live and people will go nuts. Um, I remember hearing this the first time on Shome, hearing Welcome, no, actually I watched, I heard Welcome to the Jungle from a Clint Eastwood movie. And I said, I got to find out who these guys are. Um, I think the, a band that gets your attention, hearing them for the first time and you need to seek them out is rare. Um, they have, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger exactly what, I, what they are, but they got that dirty, sexy vibe of Aerosmith and early stones kind of thing. And, Again, like I said, you the songs like Paradise City, you know, Sweet Child of Mine, It's So Easy. They, I can still listen to these things, and they sound just as fresh as when they first came out. Um, without without a doubt, it's it's a classic album because the songs still work. And like I said, the bottom line: a good album is a good album is a good album, no matter how many years, trends or whatever happens. If you still put it on, I still get shivers. I still sing along. I play air guitar. I think I'm Slash. I do the movements like Axl Rose does. And, you know, I look like a fool on the Metro. And um, that an album gets you to do that, it's for a reason. It's because it's a damn good album. And that's all I can say about it. Um, the, the album itself... It's it's weird. It's one of those. It came out at, in 1987. It's a rock album, but yet, to my knowledge, nobody ever stuck the name of a hair band on Guns N' Roses for whatever reason. You know, it came out at the same time as the Warrants and the Quiet Riots and the Poisons and Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Um, Cinderella. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but, but I think because the, the, all those other bands had multiple albums already yeah. and they were already pigeonholed these guys it's, this is their first basically right yeah but they still like it was really popular and it came out in the 80s you figure a lot of of the bands had a lot of trouble getting that stigma away and for these guys they never had that that label slapped on them i think it was axel rose's voice didn't sound like the other ones it didn't sound I like a it was very grunge in his voice. You know, it's like very profound. Well, I think they st- they sounded dirty. I mean, the other yeah. ba- the other bands like Warrant was very clean, crisp, exactly professionally True. done in a studio. His not, voice is not, bad boy. Not, not to take anything away from those bands. Some of them are, are good. I like those bands, and they have their place. But Guns and Roses, I said they were like um, the bad boys, right? They, yeah, they're the Aerosmith, the Rolling Stones for a new generation. Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, oh. Having said that, um, it's one of the best rock albums. You know, the opening to Welcome to the Jungle or Paradise City, um, you know, Sweet Child of Mine. Um, any of those of those, any, I think if you looked at the top 100 rock songs, they're on there. Um, Slash is considered one of the best guitarists out there. Um, Axl Rose had that unique voice. 
Um, I think he's lost a bit with the years. Um, but on the first for this first album, I think it, um, it it suits the album really really well, and it's it, it's aged pretty well. I mean, it's a good rock album. You put that in your car and you drive. You know, it's one of those albums you put on on a long trip, and you rock you rock hard to the end. You know, till the last song, Rocket Queen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really like this uh, this album. I think it's uh, really 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 good, and. Um, I think it deserves to be on a top 10 list for sure. Next. Mr. Teal. Okay, I'll do it for him. Well, look, I agree with Steven and Philip. Look, they, they, they were from, like, they were different from all the long haired rock groups in those era. Because as, as Steven said, and I agree with him completely, they had the bad boy attitude. The, 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 the songs were more darker, low bass instruments and all, all the song. And they brought more attitude to the for the forefront. And the, as you said before, Philip, the songs were amazing. Sweet Child of Mine, the Paradise City, you know, like all these other songs. They're they were well done, and it's and probably it's, it's the best Gun N' Roses album that ever came out. After that, the, the, the best song that ever came out was November Rain or so some songs. But they they made rock what it was at, at their time do you know i you know there's not much more i could say i agree with you guys uh i think this album is one of their better albums and it was their it was was it their first one that they came yeah, out with? It, it was yeah then they did the spaghetti and uh, the other two user illusion one and two yeah exactly which yeah, so, so in, in chronological order, you have Appetite for Descre uh, Destruction, Guns N' Roses, Lies, Lies, Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your Illusion two. 2, The Spaghetti Incident, and then uh, Way After the Chinese Democracy, which was a flop. And I and I think this is one of their better albums that they mm -hmm. came up with, their first yeah. one. So, uh, and then the songs age very well, like the other albums we, we spoke about, and I think it's one of the, the major criteria if the songs could, you know, age very well and st still be relevant, uh, I think it's a great album. And uh, I still listen to these songs uh, today, and it deserves to be on a, on a top 10 list. Absolutely. Okay, so Joshua Tree is next. Sorry. Guns N' Roses, we agreed. It, are, uh, it soothed our appetite. Oh, oh that boy. So what we can put a slash through that. Oh my god, I'm freaking out over that here. That was a very oh my god. That was a very destructive joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Someone, your, has, someone has an appetite for destruction. Dino, go get your guns. Let's <laughs> get the roses. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you're more romantic type. <laughs> I think I think Philip is the sensitive one. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Oh, okay, next. You two. The Joshua Tree. Any takers? Um, I could start, I guess, this one. Okay. Um, so, I'm trying to look at the... Uh, it's it's one of the, the albums that, that for sure, you know, if you name, you know, if you ask anybody on the street, name me a song from YouTube, chances are it comes from this album. Um, I think it's... I think it's their best album, personally. Um, you know, Where the Streets Have No Name, 
still haven't found what I'm looking for with or without you. I mean, those are quintessential U2 songs that that mark U2. Um, I'm not. I think it's their best album. I've never been a huge fan of U2. Um, I'm, it's not as if I'm a follower and I'll stand in line for their albums or tickets or whatever. Um, but I do think that this is one of their their good albums, and it's um, and U2 had their own sound. They, you can say what you want. They've tried to reinvent themselves with the years with a different sound. But when you hear you know where the streets have no name it has that u2 stamp of that sound so um i think it's a great album uh we added it to the top 10 i don't know if personally for me i would put it on the top 10 only because i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of u2 but at the end of the day it is a great it is a good album i mean it is it's if i had to listen to a u2 album this would be it essentially um, but that's my take on it. Do you know? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think, you know, you, you, you said a point before that U2 has their own sound, and that's also true with all these bands that we're going through on this list. If you take any of them, they have this their particular sound. You know exactly uh, who is, even though you don't know the song, you know who's singing it because of their sound. And that's something that's unique that you don't really see today. Today, a lot of the bands, they sound all the same. They're almost interchangeable. Uh... <laughs> Who's yeah, I it. No. <laughs> I and in this case, what? Pardon me? I agree 100% what you're saying. Yeah, and and it's, you know, and in this case, it's the same thing. U two, I'm not, I'm like Philip, I'm not a huge U two fan, but you know, when there's a U two song playing, you know it's them, even though you don't know the song, and uh, yeah, and this is one of their most popular one, and they're the songs, you know, they, the songs, you know, they they're still relevant, so it's all good, and uh, yeah, it deserves to be on the top ten list. For sure, and, and and let's be honest, we're all saying YouTube, but we also we all want to say YouTube. <laughs> no, it's only you. You mean they're not called YouTube? I know. I was so all disappointed. This time? Oh my god, I'm so bad. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was looking for the YouTube album. I'm like, what the hell? So that's why all the guys at the record stores looked at me like I was weird. I go, I need YouTube, the Joshua Tree. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Steve. Uh, Johnny would like to go next. Oh, it's John. Yeah, because Steve always does exactly, he says the same things I do. Look, I kind of agree with you guys. Like you two, I divided it into two. Because you, there's you two of 1990s and, and and older, and 1992 until now. It's like my, once I'm having my arguments with my, bro, my brother-in-law, he loves the new U2. I like the older U2, which is which is Joshua Tree and all the rest of the New Year, uh, New Year's Day and I Will Fall and everything. So sometimes I can't agree with you guys. Like it depends on which you two, because you two goes through a lot of phases. This being the best album, because I will I was with or without you. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. If you look at Bono, the voice goes with the instrument, and you feel the depth of his loneliness, or he's searching for what he wants to search, or or if he's happy. 
And that's what I liked about it, because his, vo his voice goes with what he's saying. What other people, when they're singing certain songs, they're talking about loneliness and everything, but you don't feel nothing about it. And to me, this this album this is why I liked about it, is because it shows Bono what he can do. He can make a ballad very sentimental. You feel the pain he's going through, and you're like, oh, I'm going through the same pain, so he understands me. And and those are the two songs that I love the most of this, this whole album. The other ones are great, but but uh, still have, I still have fun film with without you. I those two are my. It's an REMA MP3, and nobody's gonna erase it out of there because it's it's there for life. And for me, it is one of the one of their best albums, uh, the U2. And I, and I do love U2, but the older one, not the newer one. New ones, I like them a lot, but the older ones, I'm a I'm a pure U2 fan. Stephen. Okay, uh, Joshua Tree. I mean, um, there's no doubt that was the album that brought them to the mainstream. I mean, everybody heard of them after. I mean, I re even remember my mother calling me at work to say, I have to pick up this new band called The Joshua Tree. Um, although they were U2, but it doesn't matter. Everybody got into them at this point. They became accessible. Um, so it's kind of, you know, their older albums were more for me being a kid in school. It was an underground kind of thing, liking, you know, war, unforgettable fire they had a, they had like a rebellion to them they were going against the machine they were going against man you too the joshua tree as much as i love it i don't take anything away from it it is uh, undoubtedly one of their masterpieces of their career um i think they've done better um i still think uptung baby is a much is a stronger album overall but this is the album that got them on the map um again the whole band is together they're like queen everybody's focused to make a great song um and bono's vocals seem to be genuine and heartfelt uh, regardless of the subject matter so you tend to get caught up in the song and that which is another case to make it on the list is because you are drawn into the material um no matter what and whether it's him searching for something for love for 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 peace for love for anything bono does it in a way that no one else can he sounds sincere when he does it even if he doesn't believe it himself you're you're brought into that world you're brought into that song uh with or without you um can bring people to tears and it's because of his vocal style, his sincerity. And again, The Edge is another guitarist that no one can replicate his sound. And um, I think that's another thing that makes you 2 a special band, a unique band that no one can touch. And no one dares try to cover their songs because no one can get that, that feeling that they have. Uh, as much as I love the Joshua Tree, and I agree it should be on the list, I do think there are stronger albums in their repertoire. But I do agree that it's a great album. It's a classic album, yes. I still think there are other ones that are much better. But it is the album that got them on the map. And again, it's because this band is unified. They're still the one of the few bands that it's all the original members after all these years. That's true.
And um, I think they're one of the last ones to have original members for how long they've been together? 30 years now? Over 30, yeah. Over 30 years. It's still the same four guys from high school that jammed together in their basements. From Ireland. From Ireland. And they're still together, um, thick or thin, uh, no matter what the controversy is. And um, it's actually that's it's, a testament. It's actually and been. I, I, give them, I give them two thumbs up, and I agree it should be on a list. It's actually, uh, I just looked it up right now. They, they've been together, the original lineup, since 1976. Oh, boy. So it's over 40 years. Wow. Jeez. Okay, okay so that's they, impressive. They, I think they, they may were, be the last band of original members. They, uh, no, they, started, they started as uh, the band called The Feedback in 76, yeah. 77, and then The Hype in 77, 78, and then they became, uh, and it's the original members are still Bono, The Edge, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen. Wow, I didn't even know they started that old. <laughs> Long Me neither. Ago. I, I I thought they they started in the early eighties. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there we go. All right. Okay. So you two, Joshua Tree, yeah, on the list. Last last of our top ten. Okay, we picked the Beatles, the White Album. Ooh. Who dare? Who is gonna do this one? Who wants to go first? Philip! Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, the White Album is an insanely... In terms of an album, it has 17, 30... Yes, 30 songs on two... I guess on two records back then. Um, it has some of the more classic songs from the Beatles back in the USSR... Obladi Oblada, um, Blackbird, uh, Birthday, um, Revolution, One, I think. Yeah, um, it's a, it's. I mean, you can take pretty much any Beatles album, and you will not be disappointed. Um, and this one is no, there's no difference. Um, it's a, it's a, an album that's been remastered, that's been re-released. Um, it's sold very, very well. I think it's 19 times platinum. Um, it's one of the best-selling albums of all time. Um, it shows the versatility of the Beatles in the different types of songs and the, the, the sound that came out of this album. Um... I mean, any any of the Beatles albums could be on a top ten, but for for me, uh, this one deserves to be there. And this is the album that has uh, one of the I think it's the first George Harrison song, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." I think that was the first one, um, and he also had another one, a few other ones on the album. But I think it's the first time where he actually sang on an album. And um, yeah. So for me, it, it, it deserves to be on on this list. Uh, Steve? Okay, uh, White Album. I don't know why. I'm, I, I always go to this album. I don't know why, because if you listen to it all the way through, um, not to say anything bad, it is a mess. It is all over the place, but these guys are so damn good. They make it. They make it gel together because there's every different kind of songs that you got back in the USSR was basically they're they're kind of doing the Beach Boys. Yeah. You got yeah. Dear Prudence, which is when they were on a retreat and they were looking at someone 
They were trying to find somebody in one of their retreats with uh, the Damilana. You got glass onion. You got obla di obada. You you know. Um, and then you got a weird one, and I still and I don't know why it's Rocky Raccoon. It's the silliest song you're ever gonna hear. Um, but it works. It's about a gunslinging raccoon. Um, who would have thought that would be a great song? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. It's a Guardians. Of the, it's forty years before it happened. You see, they see that um, the future. It, it, it's it's a mess. It's all over the place, but it's a beautiful mess. And I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I mean, you, I don't know how why I keep going back to this one. These guys are obviously not all on the same page on this album. Every every song is dramatically different in style and in theme and in sentiment, but it all gels together into a double album. But this um, is this is also towards the end of the yeah. I mean, at this point, they're they're not getting along. But that they still that these songs all don't fit. I mean, if anybody other any group would have done this album, it wouldn't have worked. I don't think it would have worked at all. But but I think these guys are just so damn good. Yeah, that it works. It gels together because these guys are arguably one of the best bands in Talent. history, in in the world, and of all time. And it, it just shows that. No matter the size of the album, the number of tracks, they've made this gel. And that I still go back to this. If it be somebody else, I would be going, I'm not. I'm going to delete half the songs, make it one album, and I'm moving forward. And this, I don't touch it. And, you know, it's a testament to show how good these guys are, that they can get all this. Like I said, there's so many different uh, types of songs on this. And it works. So that's my take. I mean, it's 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 it deserves to be on the list. But although we could we could replace it with Sergeant Pepper, Rubber Soul, you name it, anything can go on the list. But this one is the one for some reason I keep going back to, and I love it. And you know, these guys are just one of the best in, in, of all time. Got nothing else on it. Dino, 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 Dino. You're well, Steve. You're right. The if you look at the the album as a whole, yeah, it's all over the place. But if you look at the individual songs on their own, they're all good songs. Yeah, but they don't they don't so they don't I, have I a same narrative. There's no there's no continuity, but they're all good songs. But who else could get away with that? You know, you telling me that you know, uh, fucking Katy Perry could pull this off? I don't know, Rihanna? I don't know. Yeah, but the, sure. you see that the quality of the the songs are, are not all there today. Exactly. On an album today, not all the songs are good uh, in in the majority of cases. You have one or two good songs, and the the rest are average. Yeah. Over here, the White Album, all the all the songs are pretty much they're they're good. Besides Rocky Raccoon, the you talking about it's a bit out in left field there a bit. Uh, all of them are good. Well, it's so, I mean, as as an album itself, because the the songs are so good, it deserves to be on the top ten list, I think. But I what think. Well, think, uh, what do you think, Philip? Sorry. Oh no, I just uh, just wanted to comment because uh, I already did it. But um, also, I think they have the benefit of the doubt of being the Beatles. That's how they got away with it. True. By this True. time, they were already established, and everybody was inkling to hear what the next Beatle album would be, right? 
Um, and I think, and also it doesn't help that they were high as well. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's on record. They actually, I forget, I think it's in the, um, the, the documentary that they came out, um, back in the nineties where they were saying that the, like they, nobody would actually finish writing a song. So John Lennon would start writing one song and then Paul McCartney would finish. So even within the same song, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, mu music, musically, um, you know, George Harrison is a great musician. Paul McCartney has a history and John Lennon was good as well. The weakest link is probably uh, Mr. Star, <laughs> Ringo. Um, but, you know, I, I, it, it showed that they're, they, they're great musicians uh, as well. John? Molecule. Yes, hi. Anyways, I was, I was just talking to Steve. Look, I love Back in the USSR. That was one of my favorite songs ever since I was young. Oh, when I was born, I didn't know. The, look, I, was, I wasn't I was born that time, so there you go. I was born, but not that, that when, when it came out. Uh, think of it. Is it well, so amazingly well done? A lot of rock groups went into this thing, and they remade all their songs. While my, jet, my guitar uh, gently weaves. Uh, he he, Jeff Higley redid it. Mm -hmm. Helpless Shelter, who was Motley Crue, did it? Motley Crue did Helpless Shelter, yeah. Was it uh, uh, the... I, I remember Motley Crue doing it. But all these songs, if you think of it, all these ama um, amazing groups, they went there, they took their songs, they made it their own. It's because they seen, they, they, they fell in love with this, uh, this, this album. Oh, Bobli, blah, 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 whatever you want to say that, that title oh, bloody, there. Oh, bloody, oh, blah, blah. But everybody knows it. Yeah, exactly. It's such a cute little bubbly kitty song. You actually watch in Sesame Street and you, you freak out. It, it, look, it's, as, 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 you know, I agree with all you guys. It's a mesh of different songs put in there. It doesn't make sense, but it works. Any any Anybody else does this, that did that? It, it, it would be the laugh, laughing stock of the world. But because the Beatles did it, it was a classic. So, like, and the Beatles, when you listen to it, every, like, every song doesn't f follow the other one. It's kind of, like, dramatically from, like, as if you're changing radio station one one after another, which which, which works for them. And that's what I like about it. It's 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 spontaneous, and it's different for me from one to the next one, but it works because the Beatles are that good. All right. That's it for me. I think uh, that wraps up our top 10. Yay. The first, the first official round table top 10. We got through it. We did it. Yes. We could put our pants back on. All and right. I was about to strangle Steven right now. Well, I can put my pants back on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So everybody that's listening, thanks for, for, for joining us this week. Uh, you can reach out to us uh, via email at allaroundtable at gmail.com. You can see all our, of our reviews um, at uh, aroundtable.ca. Uh, we're also on Twitter uh, at aroundtable with two R's, A-R-R. -R. And we're also on Facebook. Just search for aroundtable.ca. All right, guys. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you well, next you time. You too. Ciao. And we're not meaning you to the group. Yeah. <laughs>